Awesome. So there's been a saying in the church all my life, and maybe you've heard as well, that the saying as Christians, we are called to be, say it with me if you know it, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world, okay? So this has sort of been the calling card for those who follow Jesus. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's true within context, but I think there's a bigger idea that God wants us to see today, and it really focuses around the end part of that statement, that God is calling us to be influencers on planet Earth, that we are, Jesus said, the salt of the earth, we are the light of the world, as we were talking about last week, we're the, the filament, the thread, in other words, the impact and the influence that we are called to have in the world is paramount. And so we are God's agent to bring kingdom ideas and truth into the world. He said, you are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world, but Jesus isn't physically walking down your office hallway this week. You are the light of the world as Jesus walks through that office with you and in you, right? You're a carrier of his glory. And so this is the beauty and the power of being followers of Jesus. We are called, whether we like it or not, to be influencers. You are called not to be influenced by this culture, but to be an influence in this culture by another eternal culture. And Jesus takes that idea even further in John's Gospel, chapter 17, and we see the operative word today for all of us. And I want you to read the, this passage with me, beginning in verse 15. If you can, would you please stand with me as uh, we do? Jesus is praying this, and he's praying for himself before he gets to this. Then he begins to pray for you, and he begins to pray for me. And so if you want to know what, what, what God's thinking about for your life, and for our lives collectively, you can find it right here in John 17, because this is what Jesus is praying for us. We jump in verse 15. This is what we hear him pray. So just think about that, um, about him talking to his father as we read these scriptures, okay? Um, let's read it together. I do not ask that you take them, speaking of you and me, we are not of the world. I'm sorry. As, let, me, let me start over. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They, talking about you and me, are not of the world. That's where we get the in and not of idea, right? Sorry, I know I'm interrupting us. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you, Father, sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. For their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Okay, I'm going to read it this time. And I want you to just listen. This is his prayer for us. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you, Father, sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Father God, we just pray this morning that your word um, would light up our lives this morning. God, illuminate who we are. Let us be the filament that you uh, burn brightly in this morning. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. So there's a few big ideas that um, you want to underline or circle in this prayer as we go through. If you're taking notes, it's on the back side of your bulletin. Um, I'd encourage you to do that. Note takers are, are learners, they're leaders. Um, the number one idea that we see as we begin is that Jesus' plan is not to take you out of the world. <laughs> That's not his plan. Underline that idea, star it. Um, all, of these, all of these prayers, you know, of come Lord Jesus, and I know that's the end of the text, that's the end of, of, of Scripture and Revelation, but really when that prayer is prayed, it's a plea of worship more than an exit strategy, you know, in a difficult world. That's not what it is. God isn't looking to get you out of the earth. He's actually, on the other hand, sending us in. He's sending us in 
um, as his children, as his sons, his daughters. So he's not trying to get you out of darkness, is he? He's calling you to be a light in the darkness. And so the big idea is that we're not taken out of the world, but then he asks God, Jesus is praying for us, and he says, keep them from the evil one. So do you see the beauty and the clarity of that? That this is like, you know, hey, I want them to go into difficult places. And then he says, protect them from the devil, protect them from the evil one, not protect them from bad people or bad circumstances or bad environments or bad company. It says, no, actually send them into bad company, send them into the environment, send them into the darkness, but send them in a way that they can be shielded from the devil, shielded from the evil one. So that's a dangerous person who feels sent into the darkness, equipped to be protected from the evil one. That's us. So the second thing that we see in the text, how, how's it going so far? Are we doing all right? Are we awake? Are we alive this morning? I, I, so <laughs> I know it's a little bit of a mind shift for some of us, but just stay with us for the whole message today. If you get nervous so far, um, the second thing he says in the text is that, so we're not of this world. So the idea is not to, it's not to get us out of the world, but make no mistake, we're not of the world as well. So the, the, only, the, the only way this missional mindset of Jesus works is if you see yourself as someone who is not of the world. Okay? So um, you, we have to see ourselves as someone who is not of this world. We are different from the world. Now, when I say that, please hear me, that doesn't mean, that doesn't, that's not me saying it's not better than the world. It's, it's not superior to the world, different. Scripture says here, actually Jesus says here, we are sanctified. He says, by the truth. Now, the whole idea behind being sanctified by the truth means that we are distinguished by the impact and an influence and the work of the word of God in our lives. So that because of our relationship with the, the word of God, Jesus, our lives are being transformed. So that's what sanctified means. It's not sanctimonious. That's a different thing. It's not high and mighty. It's not up on a high horse or better than everybody else. It just means that our lives are being made distinct because of our relationship with the word of God. So we're not of the world because we're distinct in the world because we are sanctified by the word or the truth of God. And so then the last idea that we see here in this opening scripture is that we are sent into the world different. We are sent into the world sanctified. We are sent in different. So he said, as you sent me, Father, into the world, I've sent them into the world. Same idea. So the same way that you sent me in, Father God, I'm sending them in. And then the big finish, he says, uh, I want you to understand that you're different from the world. You're changed by the truth of God in the world, and then you're sent back different into the world. That's what he's saying there when he's talking about you know, being sanctified. This is the simple plan of how the church is going to see revival come on planet Earth. That's it. It's not going to be a series of meetings. It's not going to be the church gathered one more time. It's going to be when we are, in fact, being changed by the word of God and being sent out by the word of God into the world. That's where it's at. And so this is the beauty of the gospel that we talked about last week. An idea, if you take it out of context, it really doesn't make for a very good tweet, but it's a, <laughs> it's a really good idea. It's a, the call of Jesus in Matthew 5 isn't necessarily to be right, it's to be light, right? <laughs> It's not to be right, although we, you know, our, 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 our scriptures and our faith is founded in truth, but it's our call is to be a light. It's not to, to walk into every situation and prove that you're right. It's to walk into every situation and change the environment to light it up, to change the atmosphere that you walk into, to light up the atmosphere. And so a good picture for me of what that would look like yeah, go on a journey with me this morning. Let's say we have uh, four friends that are out on a hike. We have some hikers in the house this morning. We live in the beautiful Black Hills. Um, and they go on a hike in the mountains together. And they come to a place where they know if you go down this trail a little ways, there's an entrance to a cave. Okay? And one of the guys says, man, we should go check out the cave. 
If you we have any cave spelunkers in the place, all right, yeah, awesome. So you know maybe we should man we we should really go check out the cave. You know this the adventurous guy he wants to go into the cave. He wants to see what the end of it looks like. He wants to see, you know, how deep it goes, how far it goes. I heard if you just go around the bend that there's this cave down there. And um, some of my friends went in there and so we should really just go check it out. And another person, you know this person, he speaks up and he says, hey, it's already three o'clock. Guys, we've been, we've been hiking for a while. We haven't seen, uh, you know, we're not all that experienced. We haven't seen a lot of other hikers on the trail. Um, we really probably should get, we're, we're a mile from the trailhead. We should get back to the car, um, you know, for safety's sake. So I just say we keep on going, heading back to the car. What do you say? And so eventually, you've got this group of four people that agree to split up. You guys take the high trail. Um, we're going to go over here and take the river trail. And we'll meet back up at the trailhead. Should be about an hour or so. And uh, we'll see you guys there. They split up. And Mr. Responsible takes the river trail. And Mr. I want to go in the cave <laughs> takes the high trail. In about five minutes... Into the high trail, the guy, the one guy that is just so convinced, he, he convinces his hiking partner, we got to go check out the cave. We really got to go check out the cave. You, you don't want to miss this opportunity and this, this experience. So understand, this is not a real cave this morning. We're talking an allegory here, but anybody been there? You've been there and somebody's trying to talk you into it. So they, they go to the cave, they go in and in short order, they're in pitch darkness and they don't know where they are. They thought they went left so they tried to go back that way, but it ended up being that that wasn't the way, and now they don't know where they are. Um, and the others, they're on the trailhead. They're back there now waiting for their friends to arrive, right? And so an hour goes by, two hours goes by, no friends arrive, watching the clock, starting to get nervous, and it dawns on the person, I think I know what happened. We know we know that guy, he, you know, his personality, he could not resist. He went into the cave. And so they opened the trunk of their car. Uh, fortunately, there's a light in there. They go back to the entrance of the cave and they start working their way in slowly and methodically, leaving little markers and pacing themselves as they go, understanding that they need to be super careful, calling out every turn as they go. And eventually, after one of the calls, they hear a voice coming back from the bottom of the cave. We're back here. And so what they do is they take their little folding chairs out that they have on their backpacks and they, they, they take them out and they sit down on the ledge and they call out to their friends that are deep in the cave and they say, we told you not to go in. <laughs> and for the next two hours, they just sit there and recount to their friends how right they were about the way that decision should have unfolded in the expedition. We told you, it was already three o'clock, now it's 7.15, and understand that nightfall is coming and you're spending the night in this cave. Why didn't you listen to us in the first place? Right, we're, we're, we're all gonna go back and meet, meet in the car in an hour, uh, but looky here, you are now in real peril, right? And we're, we're recounting the truth. We were right. Good thing we have a light in our possession. Good thing that we got that, aren't we? Aren't you glad that we had a light sitting on our chairs? We were right. Aren't you glad that we were right? And they just sit there for the next two hours and recount to you how right they are. Or would it be more helpful if they just hustled on down the cave with the light? See, the difference is the mentality that we move with as we go into the world. There's the mentality that, man, I told you not to do that. I can see where you're at, and I totally understand why you're there. I wish you would have listened to me. What a colossal mess up that was. Jesus loves you. <laughs> right? I'm now just going to sit here in the comfort of my good decision and recount to you all the peril of your bad decision. Or is there something in our heart that says, I want to move in, not to prove that I was right, but I want to move in and I want to be bright. And it requires a little bit more work, doesn't it? Now, there, there are a lot of loose ends around that illustration, and I understand that, but do you see the missional mindset 
of Jesus when he says, I don't want you to take them out of the world. In fact, I'm sending you into the darkness. I'm sending you into the cave. I don't want to hit the eject button. I want to find the doorway through which my people can actually walk into the world because the world needs different people. The world needs sanctified people. The world needs salt. The world needs light. And I want to send my people into the world to be just that. It's a church that's sending rescue boats into the world. A year and a half ago, a Thai soccer team and their coach were swept in a monsoon deep into the cave above Shanghai, Thailand. And the world was watching. And it looked bleak because... They spent 18 days in the cave. 18 days. On June 23rd, they went in after a game at a soccer tournament, and they didn't come out until July 10. 18 days they spent until finally they were rescued and brought out from 2.5 miles underground. They were found on July 2nd, but it took a big effort to get them all out of the cave. And I was going back and thinking about this as I was preparing this week, and it was staggering to think at, about when, it, when you go back and read the news stories, there were said to be about 10,000 people involved in the rescue of this team. 10,000 people. 100 divers were involved, 100 different government agencies, 900 police, 2,000 soldiers, 10 helicopters, seven ambulances, and the death of a Thai Navy SEAL, a 37-year-old rescuer, all because of a missional mindset. We know that the odds are against us, but we're going in. And this is the mentality that God wants you and me to have as we live in the world. A couple of thoughts as we see what this might look like in our lives, and we can all take a deep breath here um, at, at, at thought number one, before you can be light, the first thing is just we, we have to walk right. We have to walk in integrity. We have to be connected to the source, right? The, it's not a striving. We talked about that. The way to last week, if you were here, the, a light lights up. It's, it's not a striving. It's not like, it's just plugging into the source, and so that's how we're right, right? That's how we're bright. That's how we, we become right. So for, for the people that were nervous about the illustration earlier, thinking, well, you know, you just can't keep going in, you know, with light and saving people who make irrational decisions, Sean. Eventually, you just got to let them spend a month or two down in the cave until it dawns on them. And maybe they should have paid attention in the first place. Well, <laughs> there's some truth to that to agree. But the bigger idea that scripture talks about is this. You have to walk right before you can be a light. So in other words, if everybody decides to make a foolish decision and go into the cave, as the afternoon is waiting, then there isn't anybody who can get a light and circle back around and come to the rescue of those that are in need. And so we need to walk right before we can be a light. God wants to say to you, you are an influencer, and I want you to influence the world, and I want you to be the light of the world. Before you can start thinking about being the light of the world, you need to start thinking about, am I walking in the path of my truth? Are you walking in the path of righteousness? I love how Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2. After this incredible picture of Jesus, he's humbled and then he's raised up with a name that's above every other name. Here comes the invitation to the church. This is what he says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, what God put in you you need now to work that out of you. The reality of what God has done in you, in Christ, that needs to start working its way out of you as you do your part to let the word of God sanctify you and make you different. So continue to read here. It says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the mindset, uh, or sorry, in the midst of crooked and a twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Isn't that beautiful? So, so as we work out our salvation, he says the end result is a constellation of Jesus followers. 
lights in a dark sky. And the more the night falls, the brighter the church shines. And how are we shining bright like stars in the universe? We shine bright like stars in the universe as we're holding out the word of truth. So, and when you connect this back to John 17, we were reading earlier, it says we're being sanctified by the truth, by the word of God, made distinct by the truth, made different by the truth, by his word. Therefore, our light in the world is that we are different because of the word versus that we're beating people over the head with the word. See, the, wor- the world doesn't need people rolling in and going, man, I've, I've, I've got the truth and now I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> The world needs people walking in going, I've got the truth and I want you to notice how it's just changing my life. And you just shine. And so I want to be distinct by the word, not beating people over the head with it. And when you put this all together, in that kind of a combination, there is a power that cannot be denied. There's a story of faith that can't be denied. People say, you know, I don't believe in God, I don't need to go to church, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in the Bible, it's all irrelevant to me, but I gotta hand it to you. You know, your life is distinct. It's, it's they might be looking for words, it's, 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 it's powerful, it's truthful, it's faithful, it's steady, it's bright. But there's something distinct about you against all the other people in the constellation of my life, you are shining bright. And so I I think the second big idea from this scripture is this, is that our rescue is motivated by love. Our rescue is motivated by love. So the reason that we're going into the world is because of love. It's not a duty. It's not an an obligation. It's not because we're rangers or, or Navy SEALs for God. It's that God loved the world and sent his son into the world. And because God loves the world, he's sending you into the world. And if you go into the world with the same love that God has for the world, it's going to change the way that you go into the world. It's going to be motivated by love. Now, I, I just want to say, parenthetically here, that the, the, the world thinks that love and truth are at odds, right? In other words, if you don't agree with me, you don't love me. Right? But that's not true. Agreeing with someone and loving them are not necessarily the same thing. Do you realize that I could disagree with you on a major issue and still love you? Amen. I've got one amen. <laughs> Royce is with me. <laughs> you mean like politics? <laughs> right? Even that. It is possible to have a mindset, just talking about politics now, the easy stuff, you know, um, (laughs) that on asylum seekers, on border security, on monetary policy, you know, on the death penalty, on medical insurance, and we can go on, that you and I can see things completely different, and I could 1,000% love you, and you could 1,000% maybe love See, we've gotten into a, a dialogue where as soon as someone disagrees with us, we say, well, you, you must hate me. Well, no, I don't hate you at all. In fact, I still love you just as much as I did before we both shared our views. In fact, that's why I'm not jumping out of my skin right now and shouting and cursing at you or degrading you or devaluing you. I'm quietly listening to you because I love you. But man, our views are completely different. You're like, well, I don't know about that. So let, how, how do you think God was loving you when he sent Christ in the world for you? Was it because you agreed with him on everything? And so he said, yes, you and I completely agree. Therefore, I will love you and send my son for you. Or did he just say, I love you because I created you? And I, you were made in my image, and you are a person of dignity and, and a person of value and someone who matters to me and to heaven, and I love you, and I'm coming for you. Listen, we, we, we don't agree on everything, but agreeing with someone and loving someone are not the same thing. 
Because sometimes love expresses itself in a way that looks like you and I on the other sides of the equation or of the, or of the occasion. But God is saying it's possible to love some people that you don't agree with, to move into the darkness with the same heartbeat that God moved into the darkness with, to move into the world being sent into the world, guided by this thing called love. So not I'm sent into the world guided by love, therefore I love everybody. Everything is cool, everything is okay, what everybody, what everybody thinks is fantastic. If you want to go in a cave at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and you don't know your way, that's great. I'm sure you'll have a flashlight in the car and, you know, I'll come and get you. It's not that kind of love. It's, but it, it's also not obligation. It's not duty. I, I love this in Ephesians chapter 5, and we don't have the, the time to dig all the way into it this morning, but this is where we get our walking template, if you will. And we've spent a lot of time on this when we walked through the book of Ephesians um, last year. But this is our walking template. If you, if you start towards the middle of Ephesians 5, um, a text we've spent um, some time in, I think we all know, know um, some of these verses by now, but it says down in verse 18, it says, walk filled by the Spirit. So we're to walk in the Spirit, and if you back up to verse 15, it says, look carefully then how you walk. So we know that we walk into the world Filled by the Spirit, first of all. We know that we walk into the world making wise decisions if we keep on reading that scripture there in verse 15. If you look up a few verses from there into the next paragraph, verse 8, it says, Walk as children of light. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord. So we're walking in the Spirit, we're walking wisely, we're walking in the light. And if you look back a few verses more, you see that we're walking in purity. Verse 3 says, but, sex, uh, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. So we're walking in the Spirit, we're walking wise, we're walking as light, and we're walking in purity and we're walking in truth. So these are our walking guidelines, but it gets even better than, than that. You guys know this if you've been around. You've heard me, you've heard us spend some time in this scripture. Look at the beginning and the root of it all. Verse one, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. And the result of that, what is it? Walk in love. Walk around in love, some translations say, and as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. So walking in the spirit, absolutely. Walking wise, absolutely. Walking in light and walking in truth and purity. But the root of it all is I'm walking and we're going back to it again, walking in love. That's the root of it. That's where it all starts. The same love that he had for me. I want to walk in that love into the world. The root of it all, the sending power of it all is my position as a loved son or a loved daughter of a perfect father. So the third big idea that I want to see us to see today is this. Is that our humanity has equipped us to know the way out of darkness. What do I mean by that? This is, this, is, this is why God is sending us into the darkness, because we know the way out. You know, the, the cave rescue, going back to last summer, was done by people with some knowledge of that cave, right? And how to get people out of that cave and experience. And all the things that would be necessary to get those boys and their coach out of the cave. And so in the same way, if you think about it, and just stay with me for a minute, but if you think about it, there's very few people in Rapid City right now in darkness that someone in this gathering hasn't already been in. You know what I mean? The goal, the, the goal isn't to get saved and get to church and get, get in the church and then act like we were never in the world. That's not the goal. I don't know if anybody's committed a heinous crime in this gathering this morning. Actually, maybe I do, but I'm not gonna say. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me though. But I bet you couldn't name too many caves of darkness that someone sitting in this gathering right now or in our other gathering this morning hasn't been in. We could go from A to Z in caves of darkness, you know, starting with white collar crime, we could, and you know, we'd have some people go, been there. 
and, and just go right down the list to the very bottom of the list. And someone in this gathering will likely say, I was in that cave and the light of Jesus came into my darkness. And I want to say that 99 times out of 99 times, that's going to have a name attached to it. And so the story will be, and Janet came, or David came, Pam came, Mary showed up. And so we were a light in the world when God sent the light of Christ in somebody into our darkness, and now we're walking in light, walking in the spirit, walking as best as we can, making wise decisions, walking as best as we can in light, walking as best as we can in truth and in purity, and walking rooted in the love of God as beloved sons and daughters of a perfect father. But our mindset is, if anybody needs their way out of that cave, I know the way out of that cave. I've walked that path before, and I will go in there, and I will help them, and I may not need to go in by myself. I may, I may, may need not to go back into that old group I was running with, but, it, but if you need help out of that, I know the way out of that. I've got a story attached to my life. I've been there, and I've seen the light. God, send me back in there to say to them, I've been in the cave, I've been in the darkness, I've been in the place, I've been down there, <laughs> and there is a way out. We don't need a course of how to be sent into the world. We just need to be willing, anchored in God and anchored in truth, sanctified in truth, being made different by the truth, changed and being made different by the truth. And we just need to be willing to say, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be just about tanning in the light. I'm not going to use the light to work on my golden tan. <laughs> in my comfort, I want to be sent back in to the darkness. Don't protect me from the darkness. Don't protect me from the circumstance, God. Protect me from the devil, as Jesus prayed for me, because I'm going in. I am going in, and I'm going to become like a bullseye target to the enemy because I'm going in. I'm not happy just to sit here. I'm going in. Footnote to that, you don't have to be messed up to go into the darkness. I mean, I've heard testimonies, and you probably have too, of little old church ladies who felt prompted to go into the darkness of a strip club. Right? Just trying to be obedient and available to the leading of God and there were filaments in the night and were able to rescue people from darkness. You've heard those stories. You know, just this Tuesday night, we, um, we had an unexpected visitor towards the end of our Harp and Bowl uh, worship session. He came stumbling in. Um, um, maybe towards the last 15 minutes of our worship and prayer, I was leading and I, I heard the, if you've, if you've been over in the office before, you know that if somebody walks through the front door, you hear a little beeping sound. And so I, I heard that and I, I kind of felt his, his presence as he walked um, behind me, but I was leading and I, I didn't really get a chance to look over. He walked in the, the front door there and, he, and um, I imagine he kind of stumbled into classroom one <laughs> behind me. And um, I was told later, I didn't get to see this or experience this because he was behind me, but I was told later from people that had a view of Classroom One that as we were finishing our last songs of the night that he, there was some dancing going on in Classroom One. <laughs> and uh, he had taken off his shoes and socks and, and he was just um, having a good time back there. And so when we finished up our worship time, um, I shook his hand and I learned his name. He was very, very talkative, and he was obviously under the influence of some type of something. Um, he smelled pretty badly, and um, he said a few cuss words here and there, but honestly, he was very kind. Um, you know, he wasn't threatening. Um, he was just um, outside of himself, and it was, it was kind of hard to wrap up the evening because uh, he kept on talking over everybody as we were trying to say, okay, what did God say tonight? That was kind of what was happening, and so we just stopped, and, and we prayed for him. And so, all night, do you know what we were singing, what our theme was for that night? We were singing and praying about being a light in a dark place. And in walks this gentleman, 
caught up in the, the vices of darkness. He could barely walk, and he kept on falling into things, and he was falling into the walls, and he was stumbling, and he had taken off his socks and his shoes, and at one point, he walked out of the building without them, so confused, he didn't realize that he had taken them off, or he didn't know where he had put them. Um, and so he was not making a lot of sense, but do you know what? We got to pray over him. You know what? We prayed light into darkness. We declared some things over his life, and, and, and so we got to lay our hands on him, declare the darkness that cannot overcome the light, and, and because we cared about him, we also um, uh, called the authorities and got him a ride home because he was not of a right mind, and he was wearing shorts, and it was a very cold night, and so we got him to a safe place. Now, I don't know the end of that story, but who knows? You know, that 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 man may someday just tell a story of rescue that started because of the songs and prayers that were lifted up at 1001 East Philadelphia Street this Tuesday night. Some of us who were there that were crying out to send us into the dark. Two more ideas and then we'll close. We can't wait for the world to show up at the front door of the church. You say, well, eventually they'll come. No, they won't. Remember, Jesus did not pray. This is not Jesus' prayer. Dear Father in heaven, please, 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 please send the people in darkness to the church. That wasn't his prayer. What did he pray? He said, Father, I'm sending the church into the darkness. God's plan isn't for us to wait until the world shows up at our front door. God's plan is to, t- is to send the church through the world's front door. And through their side door, and through the back door, and through the roof. And in their basement. God's plan is to send the church through the door of the world. And you're like, yeah, but the world doesn't want the church to come through the door. I know. That's why you've got to have a fob to get in. How many of you have, have a fob that you use to open up your car, right? you got to have a fob to get in, and we've actually had a long conversation about what this looks like, and I want to end with this discussion today. The fob isn't this. It's not, I have the light of God, and I would like to come into your world. I come bearing truth. That's not it. The way that you get into the world, and this is the message, by the way, today. This is it right here. All of the other stuff was just to set up for this. Your ability and your opportunity are God's gift to you because they are your fob into the doorway of the world. It's the whole passion and purpose discussion that we spent a good month on. I, you know, it's, it's, it's the idea of, well, I, I have my master's degree and I've got these opportunities because of my experience and my resume and I'm successful and I have a desk and I, I'm, I'm where I'm at because of the work that I've put in. Listen to me. <laughs> that is not you maneuvering down your career path. That is God's gift and God's ability and God's opportunity in your life to put you through the front door of the world so that you can be sent into the world. And if you're looking at it as a direct deposit into your bank account or something that gives you status or something that makes you feel great about your life or something that allows you to enjoy certain benefits on planet Earth, you're missing the point 1,000%, your gift did not come from you. It came from God. Your ability did not come from you. It came from God. You may have cultivated it and curated it, but it came from God. You're good at what you do because God made you good at what you do. You had the opportunities that you've had because God has guided and shepherded your life. No, I earned it. I worked for it. Yes, you did with the breath and the brain that God gave you. That's how you worked for it with the encouragement of God in your life is how you got to where you are. And your gift and your opportunity and your ability, that's the fob that gets you in the door. You don't have to, you don't walk in the door and go, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm sent by Almighty God. I mean, if God tells you to do that, go ahead. But you go through the door and you say, hi, I'm Stuart. And, and you're just really, really great at what you do. And all of a sudden, you're carrying your light 
with you because you are the light of the world. And when you walk through the door, light goes through the door. Light just came through the door. You don't have to put a Christian poster up in your cubicle. You don't have to put a little slogan on the back of your car. You just come through the door going, I'm going to be the best that I can be at this company. I'm going to strive to be the best employee that I am here. I 1,000% am going to be a game changer in this organization. I've got skills, and I've got skills at the wazoo. But I also have a missional mindset, and I am also secure as a loved son or daughter of God. And those two things are weapons in my hands to walk into the cave of a corporation or to rescue people out of darkness, all motivated by love. Derek, you can come up. Do you understand that your gifting and ability and your opportunities, your passion and your purpose, That's the fob that just allows you to breeze through the door. And God isn't asking you to get out. He's asking you to go in. So sharpen your skills and up your game and maximize your potential and get serious about your gifting and your opportunity, no matter how old or how young you are. Seize the moment to grow and develop and aspire to do great because this will get you further and further into the no Christians get in here club going in guided by love. And you know what? Sometimes the opportunity that fobs you in is the difficulty that you're walking through in your life. It's it's hard to mesh this into a Christian mindset that says, God, I just want you to crush everything that's difficult because it very well may be the difficult thing that fobs you straight into the door. Um, Some of you who follow me on social media, you prayed with me for Carlos Whitaker's daughter, Sohela. I've got a picture here of of them. She um, She went into the hospital feeling under the weather. And then uh, all of a sudden, they're talking about a growth. They're talking about the possibility of cancer, life-threatening stuff. Carlos feels to me uh, like, like a bit of a friend and a mentor from afar. I've followed his ministry for so many years. He's one of those guys that, um, that I follow. He's in ministry, he's a worship leader, he's an author, and he's a speaker. And so I've been following his story for a long time. So when, when this story came up in his life, it felt very personal. And so I felt invested and I was praying and I was all in praying along with them as this story was coming out. And I wanted to share this picture that he posted Wednesday morning along with this caption. This is what the caption read. He said, this moment, it was maybe 60 seconds after the team of doctors came walking in, after 48 hours of a cancer diagnosis and changing their minds after looking at new scans. So this is about as human of a photo that I've ever been, that's ever been taken of me. Every ounce of emotion pouring out of me in a single moment of joy. That's Carlos and his daughter. We had not just been asking God to heal Swahela. We had been been declaring that it was not cancer, and then it wasn't. And so Carlos already had a platform because of his gifting and ability, and now his daughter, because of of all the people that are following Carlos' story, Swahela has a story. And so talking about a miracle, that God did in their lives. And Swahela at one point in this story could barely stand, let alone breathe. So what is their story now? Let me tell you, it was a struggle. Carlos is one of those guys that um, likes to share his life on the social platform. And he was sharing that he was struggling. His wife was struggling. But I love this moment of joy, this moment of hope. Swahela is still getting better now. Um, she's up and she's walking, she's going back to school. And as they tell their story now, that are, there are others that are still in the struggle, I can almost guarantee you, that are watching that and they say, if they got through it, I, I wanna know how I can get through it. And Carlos and Swahela are just the type of lights that are, that are going to point them to Jesus. 
and the story of Jesus and the word of God, the one that makes the lame walk, the one who makes the blind see, the one that overcomes everything that comes up against us in our life. And so all of that is gonna happen, not necessarily because God cured in the difficulty, but because God allowed that story to be a calling card to get them into places that they never would have gotten in people before. And I know in our minds, we just wanna see you know, that without the struggle, thank you very much, right? But it's not really about how you got into the struggle or out of it, it's about how bright you are once you are in it. Some of you have a platform because of your passion and your purpose, not because of some kind of difficulty. Some of you are there because you just went straight up to like a rocket. And the point is, however you get there, be the filament, be the thread to light up a darkened world with hope. We're gonna close. And I just wanna tell you that if you're in a cave, like the two British divers who emerged on July 2nd and they found the soccer team up on the ledge, I promise that no one on the soccer team, I mean, I wasn't there, but I, I could pretty much guarantee you, you can interview them if you want. No one said, who are you? Are you famous? Do you have a bunch of followers on Instagram? Are you influencers? Because I only want to be rescued by somebody who's somebody. I don't want average people coming in here to rescue me. I don't want any ordinary citizens coming here and getting me out of this cave. Who are you people? You see, the, the mindset of so many of us in the church is, well, Pastor Sean, I don't have any influence. I, I don't have a platform. I don't have a voice. I don't have a position. I'm not Carlos Whitaker. I, I haven't written a book. I'm not up on a stage. I don't have that kind of a voice in the world. And God is saying, listen to me. If somebody is in a dark cave and if you've got a light, they don't care if you're famous or not. They don't care if you've got followers or not. They don't care if you're somebody or not. They're just thrilled that somebody showed up Don't let the enemy sideline you from the mission because you don't think you have influence in the world. All you need is a mission. And all you need is a power source of Almighty God. And all you need is the willingness to say, I wanna be a light wherever and wherever. Would you stand with me? You're gonna find yourself influencing eternity changing decisions in the next 24 hours and in the next seven days before the end of the month you're going to be in the middle of a story where you're seeing how god is using you to be a light in the world influencing somebody's future and someone's eternity jesus didn't send you into the world for nothing he sent you into the world knowing that if you'd be you up wherever you go so don't try to get out of the world get in the word connect to the source and once that word starts changing you once that word starts warming up this filament don't just have an endless parade of bible studies all week long once that word starts changing you look for ways to hone your craft and excel in your skill and embrace your opportunities to follow your way through the doorways of this world, all motivated by love to bring people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father God, we just thank you again for your word. God, we thank you again. I just want to remind us all in this place this morning that there is no striving to be alone. It's just being connected to the source. You are the light of the world. And then in the book of Matthew, in your first sermon and your first message to the people, you said, you are the light of the world. So you've called us, God, but you've also, you're also the source for us. So God, light us up. Let us not forget that as we walk out of the doors this morning, that's when the, the real work of the ministry starts, that we are the light source, the carriers of your glory, carriers of your fame. 
to be atmosphere changers wherever we go. So God, stir us up in our giftings and abilities and our opportunities. You can open doors that no one else can open. Give us those doors to walk through. And so our abilities, whether it be in the arts or with our hands or with our mouths or with our pen, whatever our abilities and opportunities, the giftings that you've given us, Lord, whether in retirement, whether in, it's before my professional life and I'm a young person, wherever I am in that stage, Lord, you open the doors, you make the way and we'll be faithful to carry the light and be the light that burns bright. God, send us, send us, send us, in your mighty name, amen. With nobody looking around, I wanna give the opportunity this morning to pray a prayer. If, if, if you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, man, I, Pastor Sean, I am in a dark place. Maybe you're feeling broken. Maybe, maybe you're not in a dark place but you're feeling the heartbeat of this mission. I believe that's Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning. God is inviting you in to be part of this story, to be a light to the world. Maybe you're the one that needs rescue wherever you're at. Maybe it's a re-surrender this morning. It's a reconnecting to the source. Whatever it is, with nobody looking around, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, raise your hand. Praise God. Thank you. Can you put it down? Anybody else? Let's pray together this morning, church. Father God, I give you my life. I surrender. My life is yours. I'm connecting to the source. Light up my life. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for being my rescue. I'm coming out of the cave and I'm walking in your marvelous light. My life is yours, surrendered to you. Lead the way. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate.